on this episode of Dweeb Dive. We've got a couple shout outs we want to make to some new friends in the hashtag Podern family and hashtag Pod Nation. We'll take a quick look at the Mandalorian season two cast that was released. And also we'll take our deep dive and throw our hats into the ring. Maybe controversial of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. So with that said, it's time to batten down the hatches and dive, dive. What is going on, guys? It's Austin, back on the mic, episode three, joined by my co-host, Connor, as always. Connor, in one word, describe your recent ski trip. Just one word. Injuries. Perfect, because (laughs) I was really jealous that I didn't get to go, so I didn't want you to make this elaborate, you know, monologue of how much fun you had in Colorado. And the mountains and the skiing, and I saw the videos and pictures, and I was really jealous. So yeah, injuries sums it up. That's awesome. Connor had a fun ski trip <laughs> in Colorado. Summed up in his own words: injuries, perfect. So that is out of the way. You know, Austin, um, um, the mountains are like the the, the peak of man's uh, transcendence. When you're on top of a mountain and you're looking at the snow, it's it's almost like you've been reinvented. Because you're so close to God at that altitude that, uh, you know, I, I really feel like a different person and I feel like I don't even need this podcast anymore. Wow. How long you how long you been sitting on that one? <laughs> uh, no, it you know, we did get injured. Uh, like, seriously, like three of us got injured really bad. I got away with a couple scrapes and bruises, but uh, not uh, not 18 anymore, Austin. I'll say that. And we, we dearly, dearly missed you, but uh, direly missed you. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, Sorry to de- derail you there. How you no, doing, my man? I'm doing great. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited to be back on the mic. It's been an awesome first couple weeks for us um, and Dweeb Dive. Uh, so we've got all our social media up, so follow us on Twitter is our big one, at Dweeb Dive. We got the OG um, at, so follow us there. And follow us on Instagram. We've got that up and running. Same thing, at Dweeb Dive. Check us out on Podchaser. Tune in, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We're all up and running on all those avenues. The links will be on our Twitter page. So go to at Dweeb Dive on Twitter. Tweet at us, DM us, tell us we suck, do all that stuff. We love it. We love the interaction. And with that, I wanted to give a couple of shout outs. The first one being to our guy Jay over at Jay Movie Talk. So go follow him on Twitter at Jay Movie Talk. He's breaking down Mad Max films right now uh, yeah. for the month of January, and he shouted us out um, on his pod. Don't be confused. My name is not Andy um, or, <laughs> or Andrew or anything like that, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's okay. It's A-names. We're close. What's, what's your um, name? Aardvark? Uh, Arnold. Appalachia? What, what is yeah. that? Ooh, Apache, maybe? <laughs> but yeah, go check out our guy, Jay, uh, at Jay Movie Talk. And then our second one, uh, our software allows us to kind of take a look and see who is listening and downloading. We had four listeners from New Zealand, and I tweeted that out on our Twitter account. Said, hey, shout out to the New Zealanders and the Switzers, or the Switzers, the Swiss and the French. Had some listeners, and 
at switched on pod on Twitter. Follow them. They're a video games podcast there. I don't think episode one has released yet. Um, the last time I checked, but it's going to be on Pokemon. So at switched on pod on Twitter, go check them out. Hell They're yeah. New Zealanders. That automatically makes them like 20 times cooler than anybody I know. Mm-hmm. So shout out to you guys. Thank you for tuning in across the world. And how cool is it that we get to connect with people from all around the world uh, through podcasting. So wanted Very to cool. give those shout outs to those guys. Um, really quick before we do our controversial potential deep dive into the rise of Skywalker. We've got some interesting information on the Mandalorian, which we just wrapped up. Uh, the, the cast, very interesting. The very, cast has very been released, and so we have some returning characters, and we've got some new ones. So we'll 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 take a look at that really quickly. Um, Connor, looking at this list, mm-hmm. tell me maybe your top three characters that are new that are coming nope. in the Mandalorian season two. Okay, Katie Sackoff, day one crush. She's babe for life. I love her. Uh, and I love her fully aware that a lot of the projects she's involved in have been hot trash. Uh, <laughs> that's not, not all of them. Okay. Not all of them. But uh, she's been in a lot of bad movies and TV shows. What can I say? Uh, that being said, I, I really think she is a great actress. And I'm super excited about that. Probably my number one is Simon Pegg coming in as Dengar, <laughs> which I, I think Dengar is, is he in Rebels or the animated series? I so think he, is. he is, I don't know if I've seen him in Rebels, if I'm being, I don't think he is. He might be in the Clone Wars. Um, and I think I'm, he might be. I'm just going through that right now. So I just started okay. with that. So I'm not sure, but yeah, Rebels, he's not. Okay. Um, but th- there are a couple people on there, but I'll talk about that in a second. So keep going. So, All right. Number two. I, so, so people have told me that, uh, or not people have told me that, but I thought I saw glimpses of Dengar when I was looking this up, that he might've been in the uh, Clone Wars animated series, but Dengar, the guy that had toilet paper all over his body, that just looked Hell like yeah. a complete, <laughs> I don't know what else to say it, like a shithead. Uh- <laughs> I was going to say shit show, so we're on yeah, the same way. Yeah, he looks like he just woke up, and he's like, I'm ready. I'm an elite bounty hunter. So the fact that Simon Pegg is going to be portraying Dengar is really uh, a second Christmas for me. Um, and then Tia Sarkar, I've enjoyed her. Uh, she hasn't had huge roles, really, in TV. She was part of a Master of None, and then she was on uh, The Good Place. And uh, she had a pretty big role in Good Place. I just overall enjoy her quite a bit. Uh, so I am happy to see that, uh, going on. Also, I don't want to butcher this name. Tamura Morrison, AKA the original Django, AKA the voice of the clones. Uh, he is going to be in this second season as well, but he has not had an announced role yet, but I'm like, okay, he's either going to be a fet or some sort of clone trooper. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's only so many things he can be. So I don't know why they're keeping that a secret. Who knows? Maybe the Fets are coming back, and uh, I'm a complete idiot. But uh, that's that's kind of those are the ones that stuck out to me, man. How about you? So mine are all Rebels characters. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. I think that's gonna be the most interesting introduction into the mm-hmm. Mandalorian universe because, as 
you may or may not know, Ahsoka Tano is from both Rebels and Clone Wars, mainly from Clone Wars. She is Anakin Skywalker's Padawan before she... I don't know the full story. Like I said, I haven't finished Clone Wars, but she essentially turns away from the Jedi right before yeah. the bad things happen. So I'm, and then in Rebels, she actually dies at one point, but then comes back uh, in an interesting turn of events. So super interesting to see. <laughs> Come um, on, dude! dude but, I okay, listen. Started it. Oh. Listen. Listen, you have no idea how, why, or when either of those things happen. And the chances are you literally will forget and you'll be like, it'll happen. Yes, you'll be that's like, true. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not worried about it, but Ahsoka Tano being in there is going to be okay. awesome. Um, Jim Cummings as Hondo Onaka. So I'm not super familiar with Jim Cummings. I will not lie to you, but Hondo. <gasps> You're not? Uh-oh. Dude, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Let me educate you right now. (laughs) Are you serious? Dude, maybe you'll say something and I'll know. Maybe you'll say something and I'll know. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll speak as one of his uh, most famous characters. Uh, (sighs) Oh, wait, crap. I'm going to butcher this impression. That's kind of hard now that I think about it. Dude, why don't you just tell me then if you're just going to (laughs) butcher it? Yeah, it's going to come out sounding like offensive, I think, if I try to do it. Uh. He's the voice of Winnie the Pooh in uh, Tigger. Oh, okay. Oh, so dude. That's... Did, you, did you not watch Winnie the Pooh? I mean, I did, but that was that was a long oh, time ago. I didn't, so I didn't know. So dismissively. Oh, I didn't know I'm Jim I'm at age five. Winnie the Pooh. Whatever, dude. Okay. You, don't believe, okay. you don't believe in real magic. <laughs> All right, dude. Whatever, man. Whatever. Um, I'm going to send you a box Hondo, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, all right. You know, we're moving on to who Hondo is. Uh, big character in Rebels, as you'll come to find out, Connor. So I'm just super interested. And he's also in the Disney uh, Star Wars Smuggler's Run ride at uh, Star Wars Land in Disney World. So I don't know if a lot of people knew who he was. Apparently, he's like a big character in that ride. Um, you'll learn who he is in Rebels. I won't say much outside of that. He's a pirate, but uh, curious to see how Hondo comes in. And then my other one, Kevin McKidd, big Grey's guy, Grey's Anatomy guy. Love him yep. as Dr. Hunt in Grey's. Um, his character, though, Fen Rao. Echoes of both Clone Wars and Rebels. He's in both. He has a super interesting part in Rebels and what he is. He's a Mandalorian, so he Mm -hmm. is another character that I'll just be super interested to see how he's introduced into the seasons and and what his role will be. But I just love that we're going to be able to see some really big characters coming in from the other canons. You know, obviously Star Wars Rebels is canon, and so is the Clone Wars animated series as well. So... Super pumped for that. Um, and then I'll say the last thing I'm surprised to see, Ming-Na Wen returnies, returning as Fennec Shan, who we thought oh, was dead. Yeah. So apparently what? she's not dead. What? Which is crazy. What? Okay. And then I so, will say... <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Continue what you were saying, and then, no, no. And then I'll jump in. Well, I was going to say, my, my, my excited returning character, Bill Burr Mayfield. Super pumped. Yeah. So <laughs> Mayfield. <laughs> The eternal chip on his shoulder, Mayfield, yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, I'm actually, you know, I, I, I did expect to see the mercenaries back in there again, the, that rough and tumble crew, but Phoenix Shand, I mean, pretty dead, I thought. <laughs> yeah, close range blaster to the torso, but I mean, survivable, survivable. But as you recall, Austin, and this is what got me kind of spinning, is I mentioned, uh, I forget which episode that was, probably the last one, that figure walking up to her in the desert. We Everybody assumed that that was Giancarlo Esposito's character. What's his freaking name? Moff Gideon. Gideon. Moff Gideon. We all assumed Moff, it. And I, I still think it probably was him, but I feel like there's maybe a little more credence to that theory I said, where it could be a completely different character that's outside of everything we've seen so far. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I absolutely agree with you. This new, this massive list of new characters and some of them significant, you know, just highlighting three of them uh, for me are very significant characters that who knows who they could be. So I, I think that theory could come out to be 100% true that it's someone else and maybe they help Fennec Shan or, or well, obviously they do if she's alive, um, unless she's like a flashback, but. That doesn't seem like uh, Favreau's style. True. So I'm yeah. super, yeah, I'm super pumped to see. Dude, the, I'm super just in general pumped looking at that and who the characters are coming in for season two of The Mandalorian. Obviously, Favreau hit it right out of the park. Yep. They went right into production for season two, or rather, filming for season two after um, season one wrapped up. So they were doing final production season one. And I apparently, I think that's when the actors get a break kind of a rest and relaxation, but they went right into season two. So that's how we're getting it fall 2020, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, man, I think just that character list coming out, what we know the Mandalorian as and what it represents are, you know, having the favorite characters with baby Yoda, obviously mm-hmm. Cara Dune, um, you know, obviously Mando himself and, and everybody is a cliffhanger but now we get this injection of the new canon characters and, and everything. I mean, I'm just super excited. That list got me really excited to, uh, you know, for the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, so, dude. Uh, you know what? I actually just got a text from John Favreau, and he said the guy in the desert was Dengar, and oh. yeah, he's going to reconstruct her out of toilet paper. So I was kinda, in, sorry, spoiler, known, guys. Spoiler. Wouldn't we have known it was? Uh, Dengar, it, because there would have been like a piece of toilet paper on his shoe or something, like a shit smear on the in the sand behind. Him. That, yeah, yeah, like it like stuck to the bottom of his boot. You know, classic uh, toilet paper monster look going on. Yeah, yeah I don't God, know. I, I, I hope he's front and center in the very first shot of the second season. And look, he's like, he's like I, eating yeah. like a hoagie. He's eating like a Philly cheese sandwich. And he's like, I, I adore I'm Ben guy. <laughs> I just hope uh, he's in more than one episode because I'm a big fan of uh, of of Peg. So we'll, Peg. we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But we'll go ahead. Here we go. We're going to toss our hats into the ring. Tons and tons of reviews out there for Rise of Skywalker. I think we already <sighs> talked about Connor didn't like the movie. I understood it. Um, and for the, for the last episode, so to speak of, of the trilogy and of the Skywalker series, I was okay with it. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see how this goes. Um, 
<laughs> I don't think I had mentioned it before, but obviously, spoiler alerts. But honestly, if you haven't seen the new Star Wars to this point, you deserve to hear spoilers. <laughs> Ooh, that's spicy, dude. Dude, is People, it though? You know, it's a li- it's a it's a little spicy. A year, I feel like, is the common grace period, right? Uh, it's a year. Gee, no, what? This thing, dude. People are busy. They got book clubs to catch up on. Okay, time time out. I'm gonna stop you right there at book club because (laughs) you should be seeing Star Wars in book club time. You should be reading Star Wars, and then you go see the end of the Skywalker saga, which is why Star Wars is famous in the first place. Okay, there. Well, I've settled it. Book clubs around the world are gonna. Call for your head, Austin. I hope you're ready for that. Rise up against us. We're going to just lose <laughs> rise followers up, left and right. Book club family. All right. <laughs> let's dive into this. Similar to the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So we're going to open up here. We kind of get an understanding of our characters and their locations. So what I'm looking at might be more of a chronological order than movie order. So please do not kill me on that. We're going to start with <laughs> Leia training as a Jedi because that is gonna come in at some point i don't remember when but it's a pretty big piece because luke's training leia she's got her own lightsaber and that's when leia's like you know not gonna do this got a kid on the way and i've seen the future i'm trying to prevent the future that is end up happening anyway because when jedi see the future and try to prevent the outcome it just backfires and i think this piece had to be included because we know Leia is very force sensitive and has training, especially since she flew through, I was going to say a bad word there, but she flew through space. <laughs> in the movie. Like what? We won't even touch that. But I think that was like, okay, we got to explain this space flying thing a little bit. Cause that's crazy. Anyway. So we know yeah, Leia was on. trained. Let's by move on. Um, we'll go to the jungle base next. Ray is training referring to Leia as master has a light, has her lightsaber. She's still struggling. She's got that frustration. There's the whole Kylo Ray. I'm in your head kind of a thing. Um, But also speaking of Kylo, we're going to another planet. He's killing all these natives. They look like chill people just trying to hang out, have a good time. And here comes Kylo Ren. That's right. They're trying to be ashy on their ashy planet. You no know, one with the ash. Exactly. And uh, Kylo Ren's going in there and messing them up. And he's looking for, and I'm going to call it a holocron because that's what it is. It's not a wayfinder. That is I'll a Sith that. holocron. Yeah. Do yeah, not go ahead. at me. Don't at me on that. Okay. <laughs> it's a holocron. Not a wayfinder, but he's looking for it. It's Darth Vader's, which I don't know what the hell it's doing on this random planet, but whatever. Um, He finds it, and it's going to take him to the unknown regions of the galaxy where he is sensing a strong force presence of the dark side. Um, So he's looking to essentially find out what that is and probably eliminate it because he wants to be Supreme Leader. Um, we get that dynamic with Hux, and they don't like each other still, but I'm pretty sure we knew that from the first movie. And then our last group of main characters, Finn, Chewbacca, and Poe, 
ice asteroid they're getting info from a middleman informant from the first order learning about some of their plans to basically i believe it's attack and destroy the last of the rebellion or i guess the rebels i don't even really know what they are resistance that's the word very similar but anyway they get the info first order shows up tie fighters we get our first space battle scene uh, we see something really cool. I think the Millennium Falcon is doing light springing. So basically light speed jumps, very short distances, just bouncing around the galaxy, which I think mm. I, I think they either refer to it or they actually do it in Rebels, but I'm not sure which one. I can't remember. And also, I think you usually you're not able to track through the jump to light speed, but the first order is like right on their tail, which I think is another thing that they kind of talked about in rebels. But again, I'm not really sure on that either. Yeah. That's so that's our, I'm not sure that's either. our, <laughs> that's our main characters. Um, Connor, we, we've got our characters, their locations, what they're doing right now. We're like, yep. what? 15, 20 minutes into the movie. Where, where are we at right now? What are you thinking? Uh, well, okay. <laughs> I have to back up literally the first second of the movie. <laughs> oh, whoa. Text? Okay. So yeah, the text crawl. And I'm not oh, the boy. only one. I'm not the only one to like dive in on it that early. Okay. Um, okay. Like a, a, a YouTuber I follow, uh, Jenny Nicholson. She kind of, she has like a three hour video about this part, but um, wow. To me, I was crestfallen as soon as I saw the first words the dead rise or like i or the, the dead speak or the dead talk something to that effect and i'm like all right this is already bad <laughs> <laughs> okay and hold on i need to preface something i'm not a star wars hater at all obviously i'm not someone who i mean i love the deep lore i love you know the referential crap uh but i'm not someone who's going to fault a Star Wars IP for, you know, changing things, trying new ideas, being bold about choices with even how the technology works, even how the force works. I don't care. Like, let's try something new. Fine. Uh, I'm, I don't care about any of that. I, I have a problem with bad movies, though. And episode eight, like many have agreed, is, you know, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I don't want to sit here and just poop on episode nine. I don't think it deserves it. Um, I think most of the issues in episode nine are because it's reacting to episode eight. It has to like pick up where episode eight left. That in itself is a challenge, but I don't think J.J. Abrams really paid attention to the challenge. It kind of just made his own movie anyway. And now you've got like, it's, it's almost like the eighth movie doesn't exist anymore. I don't know which one's worse, but with that out of the way, I'm not going to just like destroy this movie. I don't think it really deserves it. Um, but, you know, we still got to talk about it because uh, it's our duty, Austin, as as dweeb divers here. Uh, so mm-hmm. it immediately says that Palpatine has returned. Like, we get a sentence? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> okay. such a you big know what? You, you, you say that, and actually that makes sense. Like, it's a big part, and they, they reveal it in a sentence. Okay, I'm on board with you here. You got me. Thank you got you. me on this one. Thank you. Okay, so the the function of a title crawl, mostly in Star Wars movies, and again, this isn't like an original thought. A lot of people have said this. They say, hey, 
this is the state of the galaxy. That's what's going on. These guys are shooting these guys. Uh, you know, there's some like movements happening politically. Uh, that's a ba- here we go. Let's do it. This one's like a major character from like 500 years ago <laughs> when your parents were still cool. He's back, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he's doing some stuff. <laughs> and uh, let's go from there. Like, what? Ah! It just, it didn't make any, like, I was white knuckling my chair when I saw that on screen. I really had to punch myself back down to a normal, uh, hopefully more objective level to watch the rest of the film from that point on. Accepting that, accepting that Palpatine is back, we can move forward. But uh, in terms of where the characters are, you know, uh, I guess it makes sense that the, the the good fight is still happening against the First Order. General Hux, not really sure how that guy has a career. Uh, just <laughs> seems like a sniveling kind of rat guy. I don't know how he's in command of the most powerful fleet ever. And I think is partially why, and we'll get into this later, but I think it's uh, not even partially. I think it's mainly why uh, uh, the other general, General Dread, what's his name? Pride? General Pride becomes Pride. Uh, yeah, Pride. basically the new Hux. They're like, okay, this wasn't working out. Let's get an actual scary looking guy in there. And of course, Ray, as you said, is now fully in training. You know, it's it's a criticism that was brought up in episode eight, mostly. So like, like I said, I don't want to keep bringing up criticisms of eight and applying them to nine. But I haven't like who's training her? Like, where's like what's happening? Like, how does she know anything? <laughs> but she hasn't really gotten any direct wisdom. I mean, they allude that she or not allude, but they they show that she has uh, recovered Jedi artifacts and books, but I don't know. You, like, doesn't someone have to show you how to like sculpt something before you do it? Like, like you and I, we couldn't just like look up a book on sculpting or how to build a couch from nothing and then just do it. Maybe you could. Maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know, dude. Doubting, so, like, doubting our abilities, but you're probably you're very true. We could not, do bro. It, you could absolutely. probably build a sick couch, dude. I shouldn't have said that. You're probably a really good couch builder. <laughs> <laughs> but really so good like, at this sitting is... on couches. So maybe that translates. I'm crying into crying into couch pillows after I watch this movie. The... Um, <laughs> but no, it wasn't that dramatic. So that's I just wanted to let you know, like that's where I'm at. It's like it's way too much information. It's resurrecting things that really should be dead, and I, it's characters I don't understand what they're really doing right now. Like. I don't understand what the current state of the engagement is with the first order. And I don't really understand why Ray even cares like about what she's doing. I just, I don't understand these characters very well. So as a starting point, not great, but uh, we can push <laughs> forward. Ah, nice. I'm really, I'm really happy that you essentially said in my mind, you broke it down to, you know, Hey, no offense, but and then you say something offensive. Like that's that's kind of what your yeah. breakdown's gonna be. Like, oh I'm not, you know, not gonna tear it down, but I'm and gonna tear do. it down. Oh god. <laughs> okay. I'll behave. I'll behave. No, it's what it's what we're here for. And the fact that I agreed with you on something is not supposed to happen. That's like the dynamic of dweeb dives to have those two perspectives. So Oh my god, dude, our network's gonna oh, cancel no! us, dude. We went off oh. script. Oh no. Um, but yeah, continuing on. So 
Kylo Ren follows his holocron into the regions of the unknown and essentially lands on the planet Exegol, which I don't know if we know the name right when he gets there. And it's super creepy looking. And not to mention, there's about 100,000 Star Destroyers parked out front, just hanging out in the atmosphere. <laughs> parked out front. Yeah, just You got to lift out. them up, dude. They weren't parked out front like valet. <laughs> they weren't just hanging. Okay. I mean, you know but saying? for like there a wasn't Star like a... Destroyer, they're parked out front. Okay, you park a Star Destroyer in the air. All right? Okay. Okay. Uh... Well... Well, I guess you're right. He does raise them out. But aren't they just chilling okay, there? Yeah. I don't remember. No, he raises them he... out of like a like a like an infernal sea of some unknown substance, dude. They like they literally rise out of the ground. Dude, it's they're all called skywalkers. Okay, so... That's why the movie's called that. <laughs> so <laughs> So scratch that. They're not parked Sorry. out front. They're parked in the garage. They're parked in the there garage. So Yeah. They they, they get moved to the front because of some flooding issues, I think. But <laughs> Kylo goes down there and we get our taste of the first piece of really cool not talked about enough Star Wars lore a Sith temple with Sith loyalists inside which are they're a little bit random but the Sith temple part is actually yeah. really cool uh, alluded to it a little bit in our first episode talking about the Sith temple and what it means and, and what it is in Rebels and, you know, if the movies go to the KOTOR and all that stuff. But this is where we first see it. Obviously, a very old structure. Um, he gets transported down. And this is where we actually get to see Emperor Palpatine alive, looking not so great. I don't know how good I would look if I fell down an infinite shaft, but um, I guess you live <laughs> from that. So that's a plus. And we kind of understand that he's not really dead. We see clones of Snokes. So he's been behind that aspect. And he's trying to manipulate the galaxy in his image again as the Emperor. So Kylo wants to take him out. He doesn't believe him. He wants to kill him because he wants to be the the HBIC. And basically the Emperor kind of talks to him and says, no, no, no. I want you and Ray to run the show here because we learn about, this is the first time we learn about this force dyad and that's the connection of the two force sensitive people or creatures, I guess could, could also count, but obviously they're, they're Jedi. So they have this connection. That's why they can essentially interact with each other in their minds in a way, which is just, something to wrap your head around. But essentially he wants Kylo to bring Ray there and he can have the, the goodies. And that's when, yes, my mistake, he raises the parked cars out of the garages because of the flooding and parks them out front. And we just see this endless row of star destroyers. We are like, where the hell of the, what? I, I thought that was just a little, a little much, just this endless yeah. stream of, of Star Destroyers with Death Star powers, basically. Yeah, he's like, yo, yeah, it's a million Death Stars, and uh, (laughs) apparently he's strong enough to just lift them out of the ground. Ah! Like, ah! I don't know, man! Like, Okay, so, to back up, I do agree that the design of the Sith Temple was really cool, but I feel bad for people, because this is a mainline Star Wars film. 
this isn't like the Mandalorian where the referential stuff maybe is like more of like an Easter egg. Like the Sith temple in this movie to me wasn't really like, Hey, look at this like special thing that only some people know about. It was just kind of thrown in there. I feel bad for people who aren't fans of star Wars that were dragged along to this movie. Cause they must be like, what is this? Where is this? What is the significance of this place? Who built it? Is this his house? Is this a summer home? Uh, what is this place? Uh, how did he, how did he survive the vacuum of space? I mean, there, there, there's something to be said about a little bit of mystery. Like that's, I, I can, I can buy that he's strong enough to survive everything that happened to him, but I don't know, man, the, the Sith temples so far in the lore that we know about, like the ones on Korragath or formerly Korriban, you know, they're places of dark power. They have, you know, mystery to them, but it's known where they are, and that's where all of like the Sith histories happened for the most part. So, like this, this new random one where there's a graveyard of Star Destroyers, Michael Jacksoning to life <laughs> when it turns midnight. <laughs> like, ah, it's just so much. It's yeah. so much, well, and there's definitely a lot that happens. It's just a huge yeah. ask. It's a huge ask to just tell people this is how it is, and uh, here we are. Like, you know, the Emperor is like this big old bad guy again, and. It, I don't know. I can't keep talking about this point because I'll just I'll chew my lips off. <sighs> yeah. Okay. He basically, basically, oh, 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 I know what I wanted to say. Sorry. Oh, do okay. We, do okay. We learn about, do we learn about the uh, the dyad yet here? Because I, I believe I only mentioned. I don't think later. essentially he doesn't call it out, but he talks about that bond. So maybe I called it the force dyad before he did, but he definitely references okay. their connection. And okay. he he doesn't want Kylo to be, you know, his apprentice, really. He wants him to essentially, he's almost yielding to him in a way because we, because of Ray in which we find out later on down the road, but yeah, we park the cars out front and then you get the test drive. So that's when I believe one of the star destroyers is taken out and, or a couple of them, and then they go blow up some planets, and that's how the the resistance like, oh, there's these things out there. Yeah. That's not great. That's bad news for everybody. And that's when we get the plan essentially to. Okay, well, I'm guess I'm gonna even back up. I don't know how they know about Exegol and where. Oh wait, maybe Kylo tells them. No, 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 oh, dude! No, you, no, no, no! They, uh, it's the spy. It's the it's the intel from the spy. Oh, it, you, see, right. So they learn about this, and they're like, "Exegol, Star Destroyer, Death Stars. We got to do something. How do we get there? We need a Sith holocron." Um, that's where we get Poe, Ray, Chewbacca, Finn, BB-8, C-3PO. They're like, okay, the last place Luke went was a planet called Pasana. They were after a guy that had a dagger that could potentially let them know where the holocron is, the Emperor's holocron. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the mission. So we've got our main plot line, I guess, the main quest, so to speak. Stop the Emperor, starting with finding the dagger to locate the Emperor essentially um so that's when we get taken to the deserty planet of pasana 
and there's a massive party going on, which is awesome. I guess Burning Man. It's dude. almost. <laughs> what's that? You know what Burning Man is? Uh, I don't know why I that, said it like that. Festival. I said it like the same way I made fun of you for not knowing what Winnie the Pooh is. It's okay that you don't know what Burning <laughs> Man is. In fact, it's probably preferable that you don't know what Burning Man is. Uh, I actually kind of hate myself for knowing what it is. Uh, Burning Man is like a huge desert hippie concert where everybody t- takes a bunch of experimental designer drugs. They listen to EDM. A, a couple people die every year, and then they burn a huge wooden man, and then a couple more people die. Uh, <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's uh, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Humans really, they deserve everything that's coming to them, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, I think I don't about. Know that. It's like quite the same thing, but they're definitely, it's like a once in a 40 year party that's getting thrown to celebrate like families or something like that. Yeah, it's way more wholesome. <laughs> way more. Yeah. Um, and. It oh I mean it is family because Ray doesn't have one because a little alien kid's like oh hey what's your name like what's your family name and Ray's oh, right. like Ray shut up <laughs> so yeah I don't yeah. know about this drug burning man thing uh, FBI if you're listening we you know I don't know who this is um, <laughs> it's a well known <laughs> music festival the FBI they're you know they don't care they they know what's cool oh. They probably just do, you know, there, right? They're definitely listening to this podcast. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good because you get to find out that they end up meeting our good buddy Lando. Woo! Old, the original Lando Calrissian is back in the flesh, picks him up. And um, the First Order finds that uh, they went to Pasana. And they're going to go get him and they find Lando and they essentially find out that Lando was accompanying Luke to find the guy. His name's Ochi, I think. Yep. And he's the guy that had the Sith dagger and he was delivering something to the emperor. And that's why he had it or or something along those lines. We kind of find out why he's got it and they made a stop here for whatever reason, but he never left. So. Um, essentially we, the first order shows up, they go out into the desert and they have a, an encounter with, well, I guess first they see the ship and they're trying to get there and then they fall into sinking sand because they have a battle with, uh, which is something that's kind of cool. Jetpack troopers that are actually like pretty good. They're like, cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'll admit that. Pretty cool. So they've got that's kind of the second big battle sweet sequence. Um and Ray is able to do we we just see how strong Ray is with the force. She does mm-hmm. some crazy stuff. Um we're trying to run to Ochi's ship, which is perched up nicely on a pedestal basically in the middle of this valley. And then our heroes fall into quicksand and get sucked down and the movie's over and that's it. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. <laughs> um, they get sucked down into tunnels, essentially, and they find Ochi. He's very, very, very dead, like very dead. They find the dagger <laughs> and then they find this massive worm thing, which is hurt. It looks like it's got like a dagger wound, so maybe Ochi heard it a super long time ago. 
but, but it's still bleeding. Like, yeah, I don't know, I, man. You know, I don't know. I don't really understand that part. Um, but yeah. Ray touches the dagger, and we get that big flashback because she knows the ship and the Sith riding on it. She's got that flashback, and she and it's a big piece of information here. We learn that Ochi was the one that took Ray and her parents. Her no. parents left okay. her. Uh oh, hold on. You've got a you. You kind of you kind of went off the rails there a little bit. So. Uh-oh. It's been a minute since I've seen it's okay. it. It's so, okay. Hey, I don't blame I don't blame you for remembering this movie perfectly because oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I yeah I had to type out every I had to do my own recap because I literally forgot everything that happened because it's so forgettable. Oh wait, so anyway, oh, you're right. so she does she doesn't have the flashback, but she's there's like this yes. strong presence, and then they're like, who can read this? And C three PO's like, oh, I can, but I can't tell you. It's against right. my programming. And you're like, okay. And then they meet the worm because Chewbacca puts the, the the dagger in his bag, and then they find the worm that Ray he okay I'm back on I'm you know back in the saddle baby we're we're go. good we're golden here we go you know they had us in the first half but now we back <laughs> if no one gets that it's it's a funny video on YouTube go check it out anyway um, dude I'm I'm not gonna lie I didn't get it okay there's now it's your turn to be mad at me for not knowing a reference see. Huh? Well, it's a it's a funny uh like meme video reference. There it's a football game and this player's talking about the game and I don't know how much he plays but he gets the interview and he literally says he's like, "Well, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. They had us in the first half, but, oh, but then we got them." Yeah, that kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, like with me. But anyway, they have this awkward encounter with the worm. It's hurt really badly. And then we get this, this sense of how strong Ray is with the force again. We see our second, it would be, no, it would be our first yeah. force heal. It's the second Wouldn't ever it? force heal in live action Star Wars. That we've seen. But ba- did Baby Yoda's happen for second yeah. or first? It happened days before the movie came out. That's right. Okay. So we see Ray has tremendous power and heals this worm thing uh pretty easy peasy and they get out of the tunnels because the worm like breaks through and then they have the big encounter with the first order essentially boiling down to they get caught chewbacca gets taken prisoner a shuttle takes off finn yells chewbacca's on there ray grabs it with the force after she cuts Kylo's TIE fighter and he crashes, mm-hmm. she's holding this transport to dr- bring it down. And Kylo essentially tries to counteract her force pull with another force power. And there's this giant deadlock and friggin' out of nowhere, Ray shoots force lightning out of her and blows the ship up. And you're like, wow, this bitch like- killed Chewbacca. <laughs> Not happy about that. I was a little that. upset. Not only because uh, Chewbacca, I mean, like apparently died, but just the, that's how he goes out. That's how Chewbacca dies. Right. <laughs> Off screen. Not, you don't even see him. I, I mean, we know why, you know, later, but like, I don't know. He needed like a Braveheart moment <laughs> or something. I was but, uh, okay. very uh, just shocked. To, uh, yeah. Just to, uh, before we get too far away from this, like I got to mention, we got to talk a little bit about Ochi. In the first day 
of screenwriting 101, the most basic class you could take, the preschool of screenwriting. The one thing you do not do is you initiate or you write a scene where you're talking about someone who's not there, especially someone who can't be there or who will never be there, who will never speak and will never really figure anything about (laughs) besides that he's a bith. (laughs) That's it. It just seems like such bad form to like add yet another character that we have to like deal with. Like, why not just use the existing cast and figure it out? I, I just, it's such a mind boggling decision to, introduce another new character that doesn't it's not capable of speaking or like explaining himself we don't even get like a proper flashback i mean like he's you see him in flashbacks but he doesn't we don't know anything about him palpatine hired the guy that plays music in the tatooine cantina he hired one of those guys (laughs) heck yeah like uh, i don't not saying their entire race are like musicians obviously but i don't get it I just don't get this entire planet or the next planet, to be honest, because you, you, you've mentioned that C-3PO can't read the dagger. Ah. Well, he can. He just can't tell them. Tell them, Which is right. just like which is annoying. Super annoying. Yeah. I guess we should talk about the snowy planet. But yeah, Ochi, don't get it. Lando, happy to see him. Why? I, I, I hope he didn't choose. I hope he didn't accept this because he needed money. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he can, that would make me really like, sad. No. I mean, he's like the only main character from the original trilogy that hadn't made it back, right? That's true. He he just I hope hope Billy D. Williams wasn't like, oh man, (laughs) I've run out of royalty checks. (laughs) Ha ha ha! I'll do your little movie. There's no way he would run out after Disney got the rights because they just run run that stuff back all the time. And you have to think. If the first Star Wars Force Awakens is like a new hope, we ignore the second one. And then this one's kind of like Return of the Jedi, is it not? You know, you get Lando back in the saddle. He's going to be a pilot again. He's going to. That's the only. <laughs> blow that's stuff the only up. requirement for making a movie like uh, Return of the Jedi is if Billy D. Williams reprises his role as Lando Calrissian. <laughs> That's all you need, baby. <laughs> That's big. Okay. That's big time. I've, I've derailed you enough. Let's we can move on. Well, essentially, Chewbacca we think gets blown up. He had the dagger. Now yeah. what happens? We 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 don't know. Uh, C three PO is like, yeah, well, I can read it. I just can't say anything. And then we kind of get a glimpse of Poe's past life. He's like, well, I used to run this stuff on this place called Kajimi. I, I got a buddy that can help us there um mm-hmm. babu frick so um our heroes are off to kajimi it's a snowing planet and it's like heavy occupied oppressive first orders like beaten down doors yeah. to get in apparently they've already snatched up all the children for their stormtrooper program so this place is just like a depression zone and <laughs> so we get introduced we get introduced to uh zori bliss who i guess was partners in crime with poe 
And after a tense sequence of him coming back and, you know, classic woman punch man because he's a jerk for leaving kind of a sequence, she agrees to get him to Babu, who the way he's described is like, oh, this dude's like a big deal crime lord. He's kind of running the underground show here. He's the one that can do the hacking. So it's it's funny. And then they, they get to Babu Frick and he's like like the third cutest character we've ever seen in Star Wars. And oh. he's kind of dweeby, which is really, really cool. Yeah, it's ah, like... Uh, I, did, I, did, I like... So I actually like Babu Frick, but I did not categorize him under cute. Well, remember your categorization of cute things, a la Baby Yoda, small, big eyes. Think about it. That was your breakdown. Your words. Yeah. Not mine. Babu, oh, let's but think the, about no, it again. It's, 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 it's but, infantile traits. So he has to have a proportionally... I mean, Big head and big eyes. He had like a little tiny body and like wet, like Steve Buscemi eyes. <laughs> and he was like kind of sticky looking. I don't know. I didn't think he was like cute per se. I liked well, him. It was like, Even though this it's like was Baby Yoda, Porgs, and then Babu Frick because he's like, like a funny cute maybe. I don't know. That's just like the vibe I've, I got from the community. But essentially – we find that yes, he's going to be able to get C3PO's memory, but he's going to get he's going to wipe all of C3PO's memory. So we get our first little sentimental scene of C3PO, he volunteers to do it because there's really no other way. He pauses because he wants to take one last look at his friends. While this is all happening, Ray gets the mind flashback bond weird connection dyad thing. And she's on Kylo's ship now. Uh, essentially, this is where we find out where the da- what significance the dagger has. Because Kylo has the dagger. They, they imprison Chewbacca. We find out that he's not dead. He's got the dagger in his room, which, homie, you need like some posters or some paint or something. <laughs> Looks like you're, you're rooming in an insane asylum. All white walls. A nice area rug would really spruce this place up. Just get some color in there, man. It's like some with items that break up the white. I think that's it. I'm really certain yeah. that that is it. You're telling me that there's not one interior designer that works for the First Order that could help him out? Come on. That that seems far-fetched. But anyway. You know, I would love to see that job posting on LinkedIn. <laughs> Super good benefits. You get to explore space. Really? (laughs) An intense work environment, but it's because we're passionate. Work very closely with the Supreme Leader. Front office exposure, essentially. Cute outfits, dude. The style of the outfits. (laughs) Great. You can't deny that. Really, really, the the fit is strong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Next Star Wars movie, I want to see an interior designer. Make it happen, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> they need some help here. But we find out this is the big point where I misspoke a little earlier. This is where we find out Ochi had raised parents and kills them on his ship because they won't give her up. They leave her on Jakku. We get into a big fight here. Ray, it's like weird. They can't see where they are unless they interact with an object. Um, And Ray like bumps into, I think, Darth Vader's helmet or is like touching it. She's like touching it and getting the influences. So essentially with that, they have a lightsaber battle in their mind, but it's real. I'm still not sure I understand that, but they have a lightsaber battle in Kylo's room. Tear it up. 
I mean, gosh, got a lot yeah. of big mess. But they have this fight, and th- it's it's revealed where she is. And I think the first order, she like they knew that they were going to Kajimi, um, and then Kylo finds out that she's on his ship and and goes back to the ship. But that's uh, that's kind of essentially what happens with uh, with um, the Kajimi scene for the most yeah. part. And if I could speak about the uh, the little force dyad battle they had, it's it's a strange thing because I think more than people realize, it was an artistic choice. It was an artistic choice that was actually just portraying that they have a strong connection in the Force and they can kind of influence each other in a vague physical kind of way. This was one of the, I, I guess, additions to the the portfolio of Force powers or Force interactions that people were kind of complaining about. I actually didn't mind this one too much. It doesn't really, to me, it doesn't step on the toes of existing Force powers or lore about the Force it's not well explained, which I, you know that's an issue. But I I thought it was cool. I, I'll, I'll say it. Like I th- I thought the way the visuals looked and the way it was edited, particularly, I thought it was really cool. Again, do I understand this entire planet? No, but we do at least get some really important information during this fight. That you know, this is where Kylo finally tells Rey, you know, who she actually is, uh, and you know, she has to swallow the I'm Palpatine's granddaughter, which. Yikes. Yeah, well, so we actually don't get to that part yet because essentially what happens, they have a first interaction in a lightsaber battle and Kylo finds out that they're on the planet. Uh, so yeah, he goes down there uh, and that's when, it's okay, that's when um, Zori is like, okay, I'm all in at helping and there's like a basically a get out of jail free First Order Passage device gives it to Poe so they can get through the blockade. Um, and essentially we see the the remaining kids getting round up for Palpatine's army now. Not So, yeah. you know, sucks to be a Kajimi kid. Um, <laughs> and so as they're escaping on the ship, the code works. They're all very happy about that. Um, and they're able to land on the Star Destroyer because Rey knew that uh, or Chewbacca, excuse me, yeah. they, right? They they go to the ship to try and get the Falcon, and they find out that Chewbacca is alive. So they go to find him. Ray, this is when Ray splits off to find the dagger, and that's when they have their second lightsaber battle, kind of back and forth uh, from Kijimi to uh, the Star Destroyer. So they essentially flipped spots. Ray was That's on right. Kijimi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kylo yeah. was on the Star Destroyer. Kylo found out she was on Kajimi. He went down there to look, and then they escaped. But then she found out that, or he found out that she was on the ship. And this is where we get the mega bombshell of bombshells yeah. that Ray is the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. Ray is a Palpatine, and to me, when I found that piece out. It was like, oh, okay, that kind of helps me with understanding why Ray is so good and powerful with the Force. Because, yeah, how much lore you learn about Sidious is is his name, um, but the Palpatine family, Darth Sidious is is the Sith Lord. He is the most powerful Sith Lord there it there was at the time, 
and obviously the force runs immensely strong through that family. So it made sense to me because my whole gripe with Ray was how is she so strong and proficient in everything that she does with the force? And to your point, Connor, nobody has taught her. She got like 10 minutes with Luke on the Island planet. And that was it. But somehow she's able to do all this wacky shit. But this, this to me was like, okay, this was a big plot point that really filled a lot of space for me and and made a lot of things kind of like, I was like, okay, I can ride with this now. I appreciate the effort. Um, And this, it it appeared to be a, a conscious effort to explain why she's so powerful. So I do appreciate that because she fears her force lightning. She doesn't really know what to do with her strength towards the end of the movie. So they, they touch on that. And I do like, like I said, I appreciate that effort, but it's at the expense of making her Palpatine's granddaughter. I just don't get that idea. Like, okay. So we see Ray's parents in the previous movie, like a little flashback. And we see them again in flashbacks in this movie. They literally look like Dan and Rebecca uh, Fingelstein. They just look like normal people. Like, how <laughs> did you just make those names up on the spot? Yeah. Wow. I sure did, Austin. The so, Fingelsteins. <laughs> so, sorry, <laughs> Palpatine. Keep going. We know what he looks like. And of course, he did look like a, a quote unquote normal guy in the prequel movies at some point. Like, who did he have like these children with like i just uh, how did they get how did these normal looking people get away from a guy who was literally suspended on a a boston dynamics robot arm and like his skin (laughs) looks like a flaky like biscuit (laughs) he's like the creepiest you know most evil force in the universe it's not like it's it would be different if he was like a drunk bad father and a wife beater and like his son ran away and met this, you know, met his soulmate on the road at like a Grateful Dead concert and then like had a kid. That makes sense. What doesn't make sense <laughs> is if you are the helm of the of the strongest empire and like you are the core of the dark side and then you have just like a normal kid and he's like, oh, whatever, dad, I'm going to a liberal arts college. See ya. And he's like, well, you got to let boys be boys. See ya, son. Like, No. A guy like Emperor Palpatine, if he's going to have an offspring, it's going to he's going to like it's going to like come out of his eyeballs and like he's going to like make it from the force. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand how her parents were normal people. And then no, no, no. and then we're getting into and then I don't want to dive, dive into this because, again, this movie is built on a shoddy foundation and it doesn't feel right to totally slice it apart for the choices it makes. But their best idea was to hide their child by selling her into like indentured servitude and then piecing out and then huh? dying and never being able to come back. Yeah. That's but like, and like that was enough was just putting her on this planet that they never found her. Why not like leave her on the doorstep of a, of a someone who's nice. I don't <laughs> like, why'd you sell her? <laughs> the local fire, fire department perhaps. Yeah. Where's the fire? To, where is anybody? Isn't there a sweet old couple that's, you know, was never able to make, babies because one of them is a human and one of them is a a glingle global uh <laughs> monster wow. that like they fell in love but they can't mechanically procreate so they have you know they've been looking for a child i don't know wow. i'm losing my mind austin <laughs> i think i would have right. uh what i'm just i'm just in awe of 
the what the gingle gorgon is that is that it's, what that was called it's not a real species austin i just wanted to say something ridiculous to illustrate uh how i feel about the choices this movie makes oh i know it's not real i just uh, uh sh- just amazed at gingle gorgon is what you came up with you know I'm, i thank you wow, I, I'm, I, uh, I'm, I'm, a fan. I'm a wellspring of of terrible ideas what can i say okay she finds out the bombshell she she realizes what's going on. Let's talk about General yeah. Hux. That's the next part. Yeah, we find out that our other heroes got captured trying to get Chewbacca, and Hux essentially frees them. Um, they get to the Falcon. They escape, and C-3PO reveals that the holocron is on Endor. Interestingly enough, it's on the Death Star. Um in the emperor's essentially his personal safe in his chambers, which is funny, which you would be like, yeah, that makes sense. It's there. And why was Darth Vader's on some random ass planet? Anyway, I honestly, I really liked how Hux died because I thought it was going to get drawn out because they're like, who's the mole. They escaped. He's like babbling through he's injured. And I think uh, something happens, and then I'm pretty sure Pride just shoots him. Yep. And he's like, contact contact, uh, the Emperor Kylo Ren. We found the mole after he kills him. And I was like, that is the best way to close a a character (laughs) storyline ever. Swift. I did laugh. No bullshit. loud when that happened. Just like zaps him right there. Like, okay, found the mole. It's over. Like, yes. And then Palpatine orders Pride to blow up Kijimi with a Death Star cruiser, and he does so. So that's just brutal. I just think it's so unfair that they have these things. Like, what the hell? Yeah, they're anyway. literally like loaded out with the gat, the mega gats, and just <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Great. So I thought the General Hux death scene should have been the opening shot of this movie. Think about that for a second. Think about the movie opening. There's not even a title crawl, okay? There's nothing. There's no introduction. It just it it, it fades in from black, and you see General uh, Pride like close to the screen, and he's like, "We found them all!" Bam! Shoot General Hux. Everybody cheers because it's only thirty seconds in. Hux is dead, and you know you start the movie on a real high note. That's how it should have started. That's how the information about the spy getting out should like that's how the movie should have started in my opinion <laughs> it's pretty interesting i i kind of like that actually so thank you that's I'm uh, a genius. yeah that, that's pretty good are you are you in line are you a candidate for the next uh trilogy or to to, to direct it's pretty good <laughs> i mean it seems like they're letting any bozo off the street direct these things might as well get <laughs> me in there huh yeah, there we go. Get dweeb dive to another level. Just drop just dweeb kidding. dive references JJ and in your Ryan movie. Johnson. JJ and Ryan Johnson are both talented Isn't directors. It they just got embroiled in a bad system and well, <sighs> whatever. Uh, should we talk about uh, what's next? Where are we? We're on Endor. We we're back. Oh. We're back on Endor. Return of the Jedi. Um, but we're not on the on the uh, force planet. Apparently, when the Death Star blew up for the the second time, it crashed on another moon, which has a massive ocean, which is very convenient. But <laughs> we 
essentially we've this is where we're introduced to Janna, who, like Finn, is a gone rogue first order trooper. Apparently their entire company went rogue and they took down a Star Destroyer with them and it crashed there and they're you know essentially nomadic people now on the moon. And yeah. Well, we kind of find out who she potentially is later, but we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, so the Death Star's out in the ocean. Ray wants to get there like right now, and Jan's like, "Nah, it's too crazy because the, there's like massive. <laughs> there's totally some sick and massive waves out there, bro. Like, totally <laughs> want to hit tide, the bro. surf, catch some waves. You know, hit it hard, man." <laughs> But Jana's like, nah, it's too dangerous. Um, but Ray doesn't care. She's trying to shred some gnar of the water. Shred water some gnar! gnar! <laughs> shred some uh, water gnar. Essentially, oh. she gets up into the Death Star. She gets to the throne room. And this is where we've got some nostalgia because this is where um, Luke encountered the Emperor and Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi and was watching his friends die in an ambush and takes on Vader and Palpatine falls down the shaft or not falls, but it's tossed. Um, and she finds the safe. She gets the holocron. And this is the teaser that we saw in trailers. She gets like a glimpse of a potential future and she's bad. She's a, a dark side Ray with the, the double red lightsaber. Um, and like, honestly, I think that's pretty cool, but she gets knocked out of this vision and guess who's there? Kylo Ren. And Kyle he... Ren. Ky... <laughs> don't call him Kyle. We don't need that. We don't, he doesn't it just need got that. Ruined. It just got ruined for you, didn't it? <laughs> he doesn't need to be named Kyle. That is certainly not what needs to happen. Ron and Kyle. But essentially he catches oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> he catches up to Ray. He's like, okay, I can take you to Exegol, but I'm taking you, and crushes the other holocron. And this is where we get a massive lightsaber battle. Finn makes his way to the Death Star and gets there too with Janna, I believe. Uh Pose had a hissy fit uh, about Ray leaving because they crashed the Falcon on the planet and needs repairs, blah blah blah. Anyway, he's being a diva. Um he is. Good word. And there's a massive fight that that takes place and in the middle of the fight, this is where we had to see Carrie Fisher unfortunately leave us um obviously she did pass away prior to this movie filming and being out so i think they did an incredible job of including her in this movie just in the parts that she was in and and then what they were able to do on top of it to kind of include her but the the battle is raging uh really looks like uh kylo is gonna have the upper hand um he he kind of had his training um, as Supreme Leader, it's better than his first encounter where he got hit by freaking Finn on a lightsaber and an untrained Ray. But anyway, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, we know that Leia is dying and she essentially, I, 
I don't know if this was explained very well. Essentially, she knows what she needs to do, and by dying and reaching out to Ben and dying, she will get him back to the light side of the force instead of the dark. And essentially, he calls out to her, or excuse me, he call she calls out to him, freezes yeah. him, and Ray puts her lightsaber through his freaking chest, and um. They both know that Leia's gone now. She disappears into the Force. Um, They're both hit very heavily because Rey, obviously, it's been a trend. She grew close to Han Solo because she didn't have a family, father figure. He he gets killed by Kylo. And then she grows close to Leia, who is also her master, um, and Luke. Luke ends up dying in a cheesy way. And then now Leia's dead. So she's essentially left all alone again. And now she has to burden that she is Palpatine's granddaughter. Um, by herself, but she has this connection with, with Kylo Ben. Um, and we see our second instance of the force heal. She essentially repairs him. So he doesn't die on the death star remains. And then takes his TIE fighter to go to um, Exegol. And with that, the like Finn and Poe and Chewbacca, they go back to the jungle base. And, that, and Kylo essentially gets left on the Death Star planet. And this he we have the flashback with Han Solo. So it's good to see old Harrison Ford again. And it's almost the same interaction that happens on uh, the first in the first movie, except he kills him. But this time, he throws his lightsaber away into the ocean and kind of converts back to the light. It took the loss of his family and the interaction and connection with Ray, essentially saying, "I know you're good," and. he he's left there, but we know that he's back now, which are not necessarily back that we know it, but he he's a good guy, which is uh I think pretty cool um that he's uh, essentially back now because there's no more Skywalkers except for him. He is the last Skywalker now. And uh yeah. he, he's got a he's got a decision and, and a choice to make. So obviously some huge plot points that befall this section of the movie, Connor, what, uh, what, what was going on in your head there? Dude, uh, throughout this entire episode, have you realized, I think I've done it more than you have, but we like, we just been getting stuff wrong, like out of order. What? And like the wrong locations. I just think that is emblematic of a very messy, messy movie. And this part that we just talked about is no exception to that. I don't even know where to start. Um, (laughs) I'll start with positives. The fight, the way the fight looked, they're jumping over the waves. That was really cool. I thought that was a very creative way to portray that duel. And I liked it. I thought it was really cool. The, The location was really cool. I'm glad that we brought it back to the Death Star. It was an interesting set piece. Uh, and that's pretty much where all the good stuff ends for me. The dagger revealing 
the place on the Death Star where this, uh, as you say, the holocron is. What? Excuse me? The This, like... <laughs> First of all, when was this dagger made? And how could they make it with such assurance that this decaying, structurally compromised thing is going to like adhere to the very specific shape that they uh, that's etched into the side of that what thing that comes out of it? What? How do they, how, how do you know where to stand? How do you, given the size of a Death Star, that little arrow pointing to where it is? That doesn't account for 3D space at all. That like, how does that help you? That's like pointing at the Earth to an alien and being like, "I live over there from the moon." Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Ah, like I just I don't get what the like how like that dagger even came to be. Like, ugh, it just seems like such a weird way to breadcrumb towards the to the the wayfinder, the holocron, whatever we're calling it now. So that, it's a holocron. That really, like, do not call it a holocron. Holocron, baby. It's a holocron. Um, so already I'm like, I'm like, I'm like seeing my, my own body watching this movie. Okay. That, that, that's the kind of experience <laughs> I'm having at this point. So that's so stupid, in my opinion. The dark side flashback, that was, that's fine. That, that makes sense. Uh, so it's a tragedy that we lost Carrie Fisher. Um, I don't know how they could have handled putting her in this movie any better. Like, I agree with that. I'm not going to say it was like, like if we're just taking this movie in a vacuum and like, I didn't know anything about Carrie Fisher and I saw her scenes, they were a little wonky. The fact that they have to use Maz Kanata to explain what's kind of going on with her. It's just clunky. It's really clunky. And I mean, knowing what we know about what happened in real life. Yeah. It, like I, I get it. I get what's happening, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if I was in JJ's shoes. I don't know what the hell I would do. So I can't really blame him for that one. Ray just straight up impaling Kylo. Pretty brutal. That doesn't, <laughs> yes. uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what my exact feelings are about that, but it felt again, it felt kind of just, it felt a little strange that they were, that that happened. I don't know if they were trying to say that she's embracing her more brutal side in light of the dark side revelation. And, you know, are they trying to say that, oh, there's some stakes here that she might actually embrace the dark side? We know she's not going to, I think. Like, I was pretty confident that she wasn't going to. So, I just, I don't know, man. I did enjoy the little flashback with uh, his dad, with Harrison Ford. I thought that was, I like Force Ghosts. And I'm really glad he wasn't the kind of Force Well, he wasn't really a Force Ghost. He was really more of a memory. But... He kind of was a force ghost. I'm just glad that he wasn't like a weird blue translucent guy. Because <laughs> I still like even yeah. now in 2019, well, it's 2020, but at the time, 2019, even now still haven't nailed the force ghost uh, special effects, guys. Doesn't look very, I don't know, to me, doesn't look that good. Well, that's a good transition because you're going to be disappointed at this next part. Ray, like we ex- said, uh, experiences all this loss. She's a descendant of a Sith Lord who killed a ton of Jedi. The Skywalkers are gone. She's lost. She goes back to Octo, which is the planet that Luke exiled himself on after Kylo killed everybody. And she scuttles the TIE fighter and she's standing on the edge of the cliff and she chucks the lightsaber 
um, which is Luke's lightsaber, which was Anakin's lightsaber. And before yeah. it can really fall, we see a blue... <laughs> We see a nice blue transparency ghost force hand snatch this thing, and it's Mark Hamill. It's Luke. Um, And he's like, hey, that's mine. What are you doing? And they have a conversation. He kind of understands what's happening um, and basically says, Ray, you got to go face this head on. Uh, we we need you on this this one. Um, Ray wants to talk to Leia, but looks like she hasn't completed her training. Which I don't like. That just really, you know, obviously the book was closed on Carrie Fisher and her character. Like you don't need to re bring it up. No. I guess I get it because sure her connection to Leia was such a a strong impact. But like I don't really know if she needed to ask that. But anyway, um, we this is where. Um, Ray gets Luke, or excuse me, Leia's lightsaber. Yeah, because she or Luke had been keeping it for a while, and then Luke raises his X X wing, a la Yoda on Dagobah, and basically yeah. he it, it's the original, it's the Red Five from New Hope, which is awesome. I like that part. Um, and. She's got the coordinates for Exegol. Like I guess Luke knew or had them or or something. Um, and no, he she uses the wayfinder from Kylo's ship. Oh, that's right. You're it right. Wasn't totally I destroyed. Forgot that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that. Part. No, he, he destroyed Palpatine's, but Vader's was still there. And stop calling it a wayfinder. It's a holocron. Um, Sorry. My, yeah, my bad. Trust me. If you're watching Rebels, you'll you'll get you'll you'll be like, dude, that's a holocron. Anyway, um, so with that, okay. Before we we go to the next part, really fast, do you remember what color Leia's lightsaber was when she turned it on? No, I was absolutely. It, was haven't. it green? I thought it was green. Yeah, because okay, we'll put a bookmark on that. My fiance talked with me after we saw the movie and she's like, I'm pretty sure Leia's lightsaber was green when she turned it on. So we'll, we'll let's bookmark that. Um, okay. She transmits the coordinates to the rebel base. And this is where it's like, uh, we have to do something. Leia's gone, you know, Poe's like oh crap. And we have the epiphany of, you know, you have to believe in hope. You just can't see it to to truly get the the most out of it um 3po is restored by r2 and then lando shows up he's like hey guys i'm here to pilot the millennium falcon and go get some bad guys um, that's, like, that's the actual quote from the movie that was spot on nice man <laughs> but he shows up um they make the plan they're gonna go assault the base uh you know of course it's the empire they have this wonky one-off weakness for the entire armada. Um, essentially, the parked cars are locked into place with a master uh, parking lock. And the parking <laughs> brake, essentially, if you destroy that, you know, that's going <laughs> to that's gonna launch the ships out of the parking lot. But if you can basically <sighs> destroy the handbrake in park, 
you're stuck. So there's that. Um, I so that's I their plan of action. They're they're gonna do that. <laughs> I am so proud of you for committing to that analogy. <laughs> We're all in Thank on that, God. baby. They could they're literally uh, just parked out front. You he raises them from the garage, and they're all <laughs> just parked out front in nice parked rows. Okay, it's you a kid. Tell me that they're not like that. No, you're right. It's it's like uh, it's like Jay Leno's garage. He just always has his cars in front of his house. This Star Destroyer is a 1965 classic V8 fuel injected. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do a Jay Leno impression. That would have made that would have upped the ante on that joke about five thousand times over. But workshop that. You're gonna have to workshop it really fast. So Ray's transmitting the coordinates to the new or to, not to to Exegol, and they're like, we gotta go. We can't let her go in there alone, and everybody's naysaying and saying, "Oh man, like we have no support. We'll we'll die in there." And they're arguing if if they, if they go, if people will show up and help them. There's no precedent for that. It's not as if in the beginning of the film, they're they were trying to like rally up the rest of the rebellion and you know bring people into the fold, and they were getting you know stiff armed to that idea. That there was no mention of this. This is the first time we're hearing of this at the end of the movie. So, and I, we'll talk about the big battle later. But I'm just, I'm just so confused. Why is this even a thing they're talking about? Like, hasn't the rebellion been doing pretty well? Isn't the first order like not that great? Like the Empire stuff with the five million Jay Leno uh, star destroyers. Like <laughs> that, that hasn't been happening for that long. I don't know. I just I don't get it. I don't get like half of the 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 choices they made in this movie. It just seems out of control. But uh, Ray finally makes it to the Sith Temple. She lands the X wing. Let's uh, let's we can move on. Yep. So we've got the the cars parked out front. She sees all that. Lands the X wing. She goes into the Sith Temple. Palpatine's not in the same area. And this is the part that I didn't like. She go. There's like this massive arena with who are these dudes? Where do they come from? They just been hanging out for thousands of years, just chilling. Like yeah, Sith, Sith loyalists. Like, yeah, what y'all been up to, boys, boys and girls? How y'all been? What y'all been up to? So, uh, this for me was actually kind of cool because. The chorus of like Sith spirits. This is not the first time actually that they've been, uh, that we've actually encountered them in the in the Star Wars uh, canon or Legends canon. Uh, they do exist. But when I was watching this, I was like, anybody that doesn't know that or doesn't care to know that kind of thing, yeah, exactly. Who are these people that are just chilling in like Egyptian black silk? Uh, <laughs> bathrobes <laughs> what's going on here uh it was i mean it was scary from a purely visual standpoint along with the emperor who was also very scary it was frightening it was it was very nightmarish but exactly like there's no there's no reason to think that there would be like who's feeding all those people where are they going to the bathroom <laughs> who's in all the of these ships questions Dude. That was my other thing. Who's in all of these ships? Did he also like resurrect or like raise like uh, soldiers of being these ships? I know they touched on a little bit, but it was so vague. I just didn't even care what their explanation was. 
I think they had like the crews, but they didn't have the troopers, and that's why they needed to steal more kids. Maybe that was it. I don't know. It's just logistically, the emperor, he's really good at making stuff, but his logistic, uh, his grasp <laughs> on uh, supply chain logistics, not that great. And really if he wants someone a business empire, manager. Exactly. He needs an interior decorator. He needs a business manager. Uh, and he needs he needs a rebrand because and some lotion I think lotion would probably be like move that up to one. <laughs> bump it definitely definitely needs that <laughs> for sure okay. um I I think my biggest problem with the Sith chorus was so like I said I talk about it in Rebels I described the Sith temple that they encounter in Rebels okay so Sith temples are super old. I think I mean you get it in Kotor. I think you, you had said, yeah. But th- like the Sith are gone; they are long gone. They were destroyed. The true Sith are, yeah. When essentially, when Emperor Palpatine came to power, he was the only Sith. He was the Sith Lord, and but he was the only one because they essentially were extinguished with the Jedi because Palpatine didn't want any Force sensitive anybody's out there in the world he wanted to be the only one that's the kind of power he was looking for so i had a problem knowing what i knew from star wars rebels and the significance of a sith temple and just like these random homies just chilling in there like y'all supposed to be dead like are they dead i don't even know if they're actually dead are they forced ghosts are sith force force ghosts come back in some super sweet robes and and they they sing like (laughs) I don't know. Like, I just like, that was probably like the one thing I was like, man, this doesn't make sense with what I know because the Sith is old and it's gone. Like it made sense that Palpatine came to the temple and implemented technology to keep himself alive and the cloning and, and all this, that, and the other. But like, I don't know. I just didn't get where all these people came from. At first I thought they were fake. Like, like it was just like a projection. At first, I thought it was a bunch of Emperor Palpatines. I will not lie. I was like, "Dang, it might as well be." That's not even that far clones. That's not even that far. I don't know. I just yeah. didn't like that because just my small history of the Sith and just like the immortal struggle they had with the Jedi and how that all came to a close. But suddenly, there's thousands of these guys now. Anyway, so. Ray gets there. Palpatine basically explains, like, if I, when I die, you will get all my power and you will become the new Sith Lord. And that's what everybody's here for, which, again, I just don't understand how there's an everybody when he killed everybody. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and he's playing on the fact that Vader couldn't betray Luke because of the familial tie but because of that tie and the revenge factor ray will strike down palpatine and ray's feels so alone that she's about to do it but our our boy ben shows up i I don't really know how um last we saw him he was alone on the death star wreckage with no way to get anywhere but Uh, he shows up found like a broken x-wing and like a uh, decrepit he, I'm pretty room. sure he he comes in on a tie fire. Uh, sorry, a tie, not an X-wing, a tie. But how did he get to Exegol? You needed the holocron to get there. You you don't just remember that. No, nah, dude, he's got perfect memory. <laughs> he's got an idiotic I mean, memory, dude. 
like again, you'll understand because they do this in uh, in Rebels some too. It's like these places in the unknown regions are like ridiculously hard to get to. You have to go, you have to do- uh, dodge like supernovas, black holes. Like it's perilous. Like if you don't have the exact coordinates, you're toast. So I, anyway, he gets there. He doesn't have a weapon anymore. Um, but right as Ray's like raising her hand behind her to strike down Palpatine. She senses Ben. And this is where they do the trade-off. There's two lightsabers, but apparently they're only sharing one. And, and okay, so we bookmarked Leia's lightsaber was green when she turned it on. Yeah. In this sequence with Luke and Leia's lightsabers, they're both the same color. And I'm not confusing it with them sharing a lightsaber through their dyad. Oh, legitimately, both lightsabers are blue. And I'm pretty sure when Leia turns hers on, it's green. Okay. Uh, I think I know why. And this this speaks to my infantile knowledge of the new canon. I'm pretty sure they changed it so that lightsaber colors are actually reactable to the aura of the wielder and not the crystals that are inside. I'm pretty sure they changed that. Stupid! I know. That's, well, I, don't quote me on that. I'm, for m- I mis- may have completely <laughs> fabricated that out of nowhere, but I'm pretty sure that's the new canon. Is it's based on aura, which they don't explain at all. So why? Yeah, I mean, you would be confused either way. Well, it doesn't make any yeah. sense because the whole point of the different colors was in the same canon. The kyber crystal chooses you. Which essentially alludes to you get the color that chooses you based on who you are and how you wield the force. I don't know, man. I actually, Dude, I, I'll be honest. Re- I didn't catch. I'm telling you, in Rebels, you will learn that you'll understand that sequence. But like, I'm ninety percent sure that the lightsaber is Leia's lightsaber is green, and when it gets turned on in the battle against Palpatine, it's blue. Both of them are like the blue color. So I don't know. I don't know if that if I'm crazy or or what, but that is what it is. And, and then it would make sense that it was green because if Luke. Well, actually, I don't know. It depends on when Luke was training Leia, but Luke has a green lightsaber in Return of the Jedi. Where did he get that? You know? Did he construct it? Did he give that one to Leia? Like, I don't know, man. There's just, I don't know. I just think that was an error, but I could be crazy. I'm not really sure. I just looked it I up. Am pretty I pretty crazy. Find, I can't find anything on the lightsaber color changing. Uh, like I said, I didn't catch that. Uh, but that's also because I probably was just spacing out. The, well, I'll have, to, yeah. I'll have to look. But essentially... So simultaneously, there's a battle on the plant on the ground. Uh, Kylo and Ray are doing work against the Knights of Ren, who Kylo, or excuse me, Ben used to lead. While that's all happening, the Resistance shows up and they try to enact their plan to permanently put the parking brake in um, park. And so they are landing to attack, like the the head cruiser. Or, no, excuse me. Let me back up. Their first plan is to just go all in, take down the parking brake, and then blow up as many Star Destroyers as possible and hope Lando and Chewie can get uh, 
all of their friends to come help if there are any friends. Immediately, the First Order realizes what's happening and they transmit that power to the lead ship. So then they audible and land on the lead ship. And this is where we see Finn and Janna lead the charge on these horsey animals um, to essentially do the same thing, take out their remote parking brake so everybody's stuck in the front yard. So this is all happening. And I mean, essentially, that's all that's happening up there. It's just a very intense battle. And simultaneously, it's going really well for all the heroes and and Ray and Ben. And then it kind of takes a a turn. So Ben and Ray make it together to face down Palpatine. And I wanted, oh, my gosh, I this I was so disappointed. Okay. So Ray and Ben facing Palpatine. Granted, he's he's very weak. He is still Darth Sidious. He is still the Sith Lord. He is still immensely powerful. Yeah. I was hoping that I mean, okay, so maybe not when he's like Ashy Palpatine. He steals life force energy from the dyad and becomes young again, and then he like zaps lightning and and hits Ben and and shoots him over the cliff and is like you know killing Ray. See but ya. I wanted a fight between Palpatine, Ray, and Ben. Like we know, like yeah. like Sidious is lazy. He shoots lightning, and it's just really been fifty fifty for him because lightsabers can block it. And and essentially shoot it back if the wielder is strong enough. Hence his ashiness. But like we've seen him wield a lightsaber before, and he's very good with it, you know. And I don't think age plays a part in their ability to fight. A la Yoda and Palpatine during Revenge of the Sith, sure. they fight, and it's awesome. I wanted that so badly. Like Ray, Ben, Palpatine, the stare down. It's like oh boy, it's going down. Like hell yeah! (laughs) But no, throwback. What ended up happening was Ben went down, like literally shot down a cliff. The lightsabers go. Ray gets zapped. The diad force energy is stolen, and then that's when Ben gets kicked to the curb. Palpatine gets regenerated, and there's still not a fight. He's just like, oh cool, I'm powerful, and then shoots. This massive form of force lightning into the sky. Sky. Yeah. And is like zapping all of the ships, the resistance ships. So they're falling out of the sky. It's like powering up the Star Destroyers. They're getting a chance to to get away now. And he's just standing there just like shooting this lightning into the air. That's all he's doing. Power! I mean, he's, yeah, literally, that's he's broken. That's it. He's out of control. But uh, yeah, continue, continue, continue. So this and so this is where Ray turns on both lightsabers, Anakin and Leia. They're both blue, and when one of them was supposed to be green, I think. And this is where I actually like this because you actually have to know more outside of the original trilogies, or I guess the original Skywalker saga, to know the voices in 
that appear yeah. to Ray. So she gets the double lightsaber. She's fighting the unlimited power of Palpatine and his lightning. And this is where you hear all the voices of Jedi past, which I thought was cool, mainly because you get to hear voices of past Jedi that you're familiar with from other shows. So obviously Obi-Wan is one. Um, You get, uh, you know, gosh, I, I just know Kanan is one. You don't know who Kanan is, but you will. Um, I don't know if Ezra's one, uh, but it's like all, it's like old Obi-Wan, new Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon is in there. Uh, like Mace Windu, let's not forget. Mace Windu, they all call out to Rey through the force and they tell her that she can basically, you you can do it. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I mean, it was a cool, I, I, I'll admit it was a cool scene. Uh, yeah. It was special and, to hear everybody's voices, but the, I don't know, too little, too late for me. Yeah. And, and, then, and then she shoots the lightning back, kills Palpatine, blows him up. The lightning stops. The resistance ships get turned back on. And, and this is when, uh, Chewie and Han, or oh, R.I.P. Chewie and Lando show up with quite literally the entire galaxy, See, and yeah. they take down the parked car. I mean, is it really fair if all the ships are parked in the front yard, like they can't do anything? <laughs> like they've got like some resistance, but that's it. Um, and this is the analogy okay. of your lifetime, dude. This, this I know. car thing. <laughs> so like they blow up all the star destroyers and that's really the end of the sith lord the you know I, the bit that i'll say the one last thing of uh, the last part of the movie ray is essentially dead from this encounter kylo comes back from the cliff sees her comes to her picks her up puts his hand on her force heals her through the dyad and they kiss, which I think everybody knew was going to happen. But what we didn't know what was going to happen is Kylo dies and instantly dis- force disappears. Yep. Peace I out. Was, I was literally ghosting Ray. What a jerk. Yeah. Um, and like Ray gets out on Red 5, and that's the cool reference because they have like the old – Wedge, if you know him, Wedge Antilles, dude. Yeah, Wedge Antilles, pilot in the Rebel fleet, and he's in there for five frames. Just you'll love Rebels uh, because you get the origination of Wedge Antilles. It's pretty tight. Um, Oh, okay, damn. Yeah, but he. I mean, there's just like a lot of old time cameos, essentially that that happened. But yeah, they say Red Five made it out. So all the Skywalkers are now dead. Um, and that's really it. The The resistance wins. There's big celebrations at the jungle base. There's big celebrations at cloud city. There's bit that like essentially when the death star blew up and the empire ended, we get the same celebration. So this movie is essentially return of the Jedi. Here's what I was going to say yeah. earlier. So we win. Hooray. Uh, the Star Destroyers are Death Star-like weapons. Why do they have the same Death Star weakness that got blown up two times when twice. you shoot it? Okay. You think... 
maybe this is your logistics supply, you know, the lack thereof of, of a business manager. How do you let your super weapon have the same weakness of your other super weapon that got blown up twice by an underwhelming force? Uh, it, I mean, I don't care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sad truth, dude. I'm like, at this point, it, it's such a labor. (laughs) It's such a chore to like pick these movies apart. Um, and I don't even want to, I don't like picking movies apart. I really don't. But when well, they smack you, you in the face before with you it. jump in, hold on. Yeah. The the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I alluded to the first episode that we did. We start at Tatooine, we end on Tatooine. We we get back to uh Uncle Owen and uh Aunt Maru's crib. Uh, yeah, I'm crib. I was going to call it a farm, but you can't farm sand, but anyway, it's a moisture farm. farm, dude. Right, right, right. Um, she's got Luke, or she's got Anakin and Leia's lightsabers. She wraps them up and she buries them at this area, probably because this this is supposed to be our sentimental value of the end of the Skywalker saga, and this is where it all started. I don't think it really has that much significance to though to Anakin and Leia. Well, I guess Anakin because he's from Tatooine too, but I don't know. May, they're probably a better place for those. Anyway, she's made her own lightsaber. It's golden, which is pretty cool. Um, yellow. And it's, yellow. it's a yellow bladed lightsaber, actually. Yellow, gold, whatever. <laughs> and she's she's about to head back to everyone. And a stranger calls out like, oh, haven't seen someone out in these parts in a long time. What's your name? And she pauses, and this is where we get Ray Skywalker. And this is the obviously the movie in itself, Rise of Skywalker. Ray is the last Skywalker, and she has risen essentially from a Palpatine to a Skywalker. But she's really still a Palpatine. You're not a true Skywalker. Don't at me on that. And that's how our, our movie ends. Okay. Oh. <sighs> So, again, uh, people were, like, going crazy about that, uh, for it, against it. Uh, who cares? Who cares? I, I don't care. Who cares? It's it's completely arbitrary. The Skywalker name is legendary, and but it's not like, I don't know. I'm not even. Sh- I'm not even sure what people are really mad about. Uh, I, I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't get it. Um, I don't. I don't think it was like particularly clever or like. I don't know. Like it. It. It just. It makes sense to me. She identifies with the people that kind of. Uh, not kind of that. You know, were her salvation. I I think it makes total sense that she would call herself a Skywalker, especially if she's trying to divorce herself from literally the most evil guy in the galaxy. So uh, I have no issue with that. But backtracking just a little bit, uh, the huge fleet coming in, the cameos, I'm just, it feels like they were trying to put lipstick, lip, what the 
lipstick Lips- on a pig at that point. They were putting a Band-Aid on the Hoover Dam that was about to explode. It just, it was almost insulting at that point. I just wanted the thing to die with dignity. You know, it felt like life support. <laughs> All of like the little things. Because like in and of themselves, the cameos, that's cool. Yeah, I, I like seeing that. I like seeing these actors. It, that's all fine. But as a part of this movie that was struggling immensely to stick the landing at this point, all of that were just little knife shivs into my spine. I just, I was like, I don't want to see this right now. I want to see you guys write a movie that makes sense, is coherent, and that I want you to end it in a way that's acceptable at a basic level. I don't want to. It's, I don't know. I just feel like the veil was being pulled down over my eyes and they were trying to cover, like doing a cover-up job and I don't know. And this is why I say I understand the movie. I think for what they had to work with, with episode eight and and what, I mean, I'm just curious what it would have been like if J.J. Abrams had all three and was able to continue yeah. his storyline if you like it or don't, whatever, but at least it would be continuous. You know, this is what we got with the circumstances and to be able to wrap up all these plot lines in one movie, the way they did it. Sure. There were some cop outs, but you know, that that's just part of it. And that's why I understand it. You know, I, I was with what they had to work with. I was okay with, obviously Ray becoming a Skywalker because of everything and, you know, kind of how it all came down. Like I said, I really enjoyed her being a Palpatine. Don't really understand it, but like just from a powerful sense, I liked it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. It's just, I think it, it was awesome because I think of what it is and what it, what it kind of concluded and that's why you you're not really allowed to hate it and I, I i mean i certainly don't but yeah man i i don't know what do you think what what was the the harder landing um star wars rise of skywalker or the end of game of thrones oh no what are you doing to me man i can't talk about that I'll, i'm gonna break just, my just uh real quick uh, which one okay. which one was the harder landing uh, actually That's all I'm you not, have to say pick one i'm not that gung-ho actually about i like game of thrones a lot but I, I i the sins had already it's actually the same thing the sins had already happened by the time the last season rolled around so i was mostly just nonplussed i didn't really care that much uh i'm gonna say game of thrones flubbed it harder yeah i agree i i'm there with you because at least this was watchable versus the last scene, last season was was not. Um, I would agree with that. But yeah, man, the Skywalker saga is over. All our favorite characters are gone now, or will be gone. Um, yeah, I mean that was so certainly an an interesting uh, an interesting movie. I'm sad to see the saga end, but I'm excited to see where it goes from here obviously John Favreau and the Mandalorian doing awesome new clone wars and then Kotor potentially I don't know if it'll be full Kotor I, I sent you something a while back Connor I don't know if you remember about them not going full 4000 years um 
to the origination of you know the, the Kotor sequencing, but still like four. I think it was like four hundred years. So either it was a typo, or they're not going to go as far back, but still pre a precursor to the Republic. Which yeah, uh, you know if they can get it right, I mean I think that'll be awesome to expand upon these things that I think we got a taste of. In the movie, like holocrons and the Sith temples. I mean, there's Jedi temples that exist. We don't know about that in in these canons and, or rather, in this in these movies. So, yeah, man, that's that's Star Wars. That's we did it. We did it. We made it through Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. We broke her down. We deep dove. We did it, man. And a, did it, a great dude. personal injury, I would uh, I'll say, <laughs> just like the ski trip, dude. I, I'm left, I'm left feeling uh, beat up. Uh, I'm not totally sad. Uh, I, I too am excited to see where they go with it. I think finally they have a chance to reinvent themselves uh, and go somewhere new with it. The second that they continued the Skywalker saga in this trilogy was the second that they put a guillotine over their head and they really made things hard for themselves. And it, it didn't work out. It, at least in my opinion, it didn't really work out that well. It wasn't a complete blunder. It certainly wasn't unwatchable, but it really, to me, didn't rise to the occasion that they you know, set out to do. So now that it's finally, truly over, I think Star Wars... I, I wouldn't even call it a bounce back, but I think Star Wars has good things in store for us. Um, and I'm not just talking about, you know, the the Mandalorian or anything like that. I think the mainline Star Wars content will be will be great. It'll be great. We did it. That's it. That's everything for, for Star Wars. Um, so our next episodes will be non-Disney and non-Star Wars related. Pretty excited Woo-hoo! about that. We'll be talking about The Witcher. Um, I don't know if we've broken down how or how many episodes we'll do in an episode because they're they are an hour long um, versus thirty minutes of the Mandalorian, so we'll see. But super pumped to go through that uh, again. Follow us; uh, we're up on all streaming sites and social media. Podchaser at Dweeb Dive, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, find us at Twitter, um, at Dweeb Dive, Instagram, at Dweeb Dive. Give us a follow. Let us know how we're doing. Maybe even give us some suggestions. After The Witcher, we're still unsure. We got to discuss that. If there's something that you want us mm-hmm. to watch and talk about, let us know. If you made it to the end of the episode, let us know. The dive is over. We're servicing back. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to taking the next dive with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dweeb Dive. If you liked what you heard, please, please, please like and give us a follow so we can continue diving into your favorite topics. There's been a lot of hot takes. There's been a lot of claims, a lot of references to the deep lore. If you have a question, a comment, feedback, you're angry with me for something perhaps inaccurate I said, which is very likely, please do not hesitate to reach out on our accounts and ask us the big questions. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, guys.